If you have your Bible with you today, let's go to John chapter 15. John 15 and 2 Peter chapter 1. Father, we're so thankful today for your presence, thankful for your word, its life to us, its strength and health to all of our flesh. Lord, it's wisdom to us. Jesus has been made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. May our minds be renewed to the fullness of the reality of who we are in you and what we can do today by your spirit and in your name. Thank you for your goodness and your grace upon us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's read John 15, verse 16. Jesus said, you did not choose me. But I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Today, we want to continue and probably finish a series we've been in for a couple months called Picked to Produce. And uh, we should understand that if a person is lost, they don't have an assurance and a guarantee of heaven, that should be top priority, right? First and foremost, get right with God. Receive His love and and mercy and forgiveness, right? But if you've already crossed that hurdle, if you have been saved, let's get busy doing something for God. Amen. And they must be in that order. We never do something for God in order to get Him to save us or forgive us or give us heaven. But once we are established in His family, we are relatives of God. We are in the family of God. Then we must focus on doing something with our lives that will leave a lasting result. In, in the words of Jesus, this is called fruit that remains. We don't want to live our lives in such a way where there's nothing eternal to show for it, except we show up in heaven, I'm here. You know, you, you almost wonder if there's going to be some people looking around, are, are you alone? <laughs> Didn't you bring anybody with you? What's it, why are you in a Speedo? <laughs> You know what? <laughs> now I'm speaking figuratively. Some people get concerned about language like that. That's not going to happen, is it? But I'm talking about we are left within heaven after the judgment seat of Christ with what we've done that remains. And with many, many people in life, as the scriptures teach us, uh, their works will be blown away because there's nothing eternal there. They themselves will be saved, but they won't have reward for what they've done on the earth. And so we're endeavoring to uh, get ourselves pruned, cleaned up, so that we, like a, a healthy vine, can produce much fruit for the glory of God. All right? And we have entered into a season of much fruit. Praise God. It is harvest time around here, and it is harvest time in our life. Don't be left on the side on the sidelines, don't be left out, but let's participate in the great move of God that has begun in our house. Second Peter chapter 1 is the other uh, foundational scripture that we've been working out of for these number of weeks in this series. Second Peter chapter 1 
gives us the specifics of what it takes to be fruitful. Verse 5, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith. So our faith is the starting blocks here. It's the beginning point. I put my trust in the Lord for the salvation of my life. He said, add to that now uh, virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brother, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. Everybody say love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness, blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. And so real clear, the Lord told us what things we are to integrate into our daily existence and lives. And these things are guarantors. They will cause us to be fruitful people. We will stand before Him one day. No speedo, but... (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. But we have much to show for our lives. We have much that we have accomplished, and it's there with us. I don't know what exactly that looks like. But the Bible clearly tells us that, uh, that, that we will be rewarded for those things that remain. Basically, acts of faith. Those things that have produced something. We're talking about eternal fruit. And so, without going through all these um, things again, and uh, and I can endeavor to do a short recap, but that with, with the number of issues in the list here, uh, that would take most of the time. So uh, if you're not fresh on all these things, go to our website and listen to those messages and get established in each one of these truths. It will be of great value to you. Today, let's talk about love. He finishes up this amazing list, and last time we remember we talked about brotherly love which is or brotherly kindness which is uh, love that's specific towards certain individuals it is towards those who are related to us but then he wraps this up talking about and really bringing the most potent and most powerful principle of all in this list he says you need to add love to your life you need to be operating in this certain type of love and this love, now this might, this might sound different to some, but this love is not your average garden variety love. This is not just what the average person, even the average Christian, just kind of naturally walks in. Where they wake up one day and they find themselves ex- walking in and experience, experiencing this type of love. This is uh, top shelf stuff. It is really potent, it is really pure, and it is really unknown to most people. And it is undiscerned even by many believers because even though as a child of God we have a deposit, I'm talking saved people, have a deposit of this love inside of us, Romans 5, many people have not um, taken inventory of what they've been given in Christ. And without an explanation, people have a tendency to do what they've always done, to treat people and act the way they always have, and they call it love. There are many, many married people 
who will use the word. And they'll tell their spouse that they love them. And if asked, Do you, are you in love? Yes. But they have no concept of what this love really is. They've learned love from this world. They've learned love from selfish human flesh. And it's not what this is talking about. Someone says, good love. I like love. I mean, I love stuff. You know, and I love people. And I love God. And I, you know, and, and but what does that mean? And too often, again, we're operating at a much, much lower level of this thing called love. But we're giving it the same name because we don't have any other name for it. We're not even know what, we don't even know what it is. Everybody with me now? This, this kind of love now is uh, it must be defined by God. We can't just define it in our human relationships. It's a special word. Many of you have heard it before and know it. It comes from the Greek word agape. Okay? This love, if you, from those who study um, history and culture of Bible days, they'll say that you can't go to secular writings and learn about this from their day. Because this kind of this word, this love, was just not, they didn't understand that. It wasn't a part of their normal language. And things were broken up a little bit more in their language than they are in ours. And, uh, but it was Jesus and it was Christianity that really brought this word to the forefront. All of a sudden Jesus comes in talking about agape and it's all over the New Testament now. But that wasn't normal in their society. Because outside of a divine spark inside of a human being, people just can't live this. It really is impossible. It is impossible to consistently act in accordance with this love without a divine influence upon your life. It is truly a supernatural love. Okay? And the vast majority of people who live don't even touch it. And unfortunately, many, many of us who had that divine deposit inside don't grasp it. We don't understand it. And I'm telling you today, I'm doing the teaching, and I've done a whole series on this kind of love. But my mind goes tilt sometimes, because I know the way my flesh is, and I know the way life is. In my heart, I shout. (laughs) On the inside, I want to say, glory to God, yes, this is who I am, and this is what I can do. This is how God loves me. But my head goes tilt, (laughs) because it's really, really powerful and amazing. Okay, and we want to do our best to wrap our minds around this supernatural thing. It's like, have you ever tried to fully, completely explain and grasp the Godhead or the Trinity? You know, God is one yet three persons. We can explain that to a level and to a degree and the rest we go, okay, just going to have to take it now. Because I can't fully 100% explain God. That doesn't concern me because, you know, like, he's God. I don't really want to be able to because I know how smart I am. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, I can't fully explain a rocket. Not even half. And if I, why? Well, I'm just not educated in that field. But when it comes to God, if I can't fully wrap my mind all the way around him, explain him from top to bottom and inside and out, I'm okay with that. You know, you know I like putting my faith in someone like that. But when it comes to this love, man, even though this is like major, major deal here, I do want to live in this because, well, 
because. First John. First John chapter 4, real close there to the right. First John chapter 4. This love, we might call it, um, we might call it the God kind of love. Uh, I don't know of a better way to fully explain it, uh, except for this verse. First John chapter 4 and verse 8 says, He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. For God is love. There's something about this type of love, this is agape love, that is only fully and completely defined by the very existence and nature and reality of God. I cannot look at some human relationship, some human being, and, and fully see agape. I would just leave that word, if we had a separate word in English, which we don't, so we kind of have to use the Greek word. If we had a word, it probably would just be out of our vernacular, like it, was, like it is in much of history. It just wouldn't be a part of our language because the word is like too out there. It's beyond the way people treat each other. It's beyond the way people live. And we think when we think of love today, man, it's on an entirely different plane, far lower than what God explained in here. Again, notice, he said, if you don't love, you don't know God God is love. In other words, if you don't love, you don't know love. The only only way I can love, like this kind of love, is I have to know love. Who? God. Because God is love. I don't mean God just does love. Like, God loves you. Well, that's true. But more than that, He is that. It's not just, He's not just a dozer, He's an iser. Right? It's not just something He acts It's his very nature and his very core. God is love. And the only way I'm ever going to operate in this high level, potent love stuff is by knowing love himself. And when I know love, then I have the potential to walk this love, to live this love, to experience this love. Everybody with me now? It might be a good uh, Bible study. To go through, whether you're reading whatever, Ephesians, Philippians, Galatians, take out the word God and put in the word love for his name. Because isn't that how he's defined for us? Isn't that the very nature of who he is? And read, and God said, you just read, and love said. I don't know, but it opens a whole other realm of revelation because sometimes people have this idea that what God wants me to do man, that's hard, or, or, or that's not good for me, or, or, or whatever. Put the word love in there, and you see, man, that's who God is. He's not acting towards me in any other motivation. He's not taking something or telling me not to go or do something with any other motivation than love. He's not talking to me about anything with any other motivation, but love. If you ever find yourself going somewhere, doing something, and the Lord is directing you and talking to you about not doing it. I don't know if you've ever had the Lord tell you not to buy something. I have. Something I wanted. And had the money for it. But go to do it. And it's like, mm, 
The Lord doesn't want me to do that. And at the time, didn't understand why and couldn't figure it out. But here's what, I, here's what helps in that. Love told me not to do that. Single people might be, might be getting in a relationship and the Lord may tell you not to. I've had him deal with me about that before when I was single. No, this is not the, this is not the right way to go. This is not the right one. This is not what you should do. Well, it helps me to understand that love told me not to do that. The Lord's not trying to, trying to ruin my life. The Lord's trying to make my life incredible. He's trying to bless. He's trying to increase, trying to help. Love told me to do that. Yeah. Amen. Let's know who we're dealing with. Let's know who we're talking to. Many times people, because of the way that human beings have treated each other, whether it's parent, child, whether it's friends and family, all kinds of church, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ, the way people have treated each other, oftentimes on a subpar level to God's standard of, of agape, we think that God treats us that way. We think that's the way God loves us. That's not the way He loves us. He loves us on a whole nother level. And knowing that, man, that blows the roof off of our relationship with God, allowing us to soar like never before. And you, I'm telling you, when, if we get a revelation understanding of that, man, you'll love God like you never have. I don't mean just, come on, love God, come on. No, no, no. Know how much He loves you, and you'll love God like never before. Understand the greatness and vastness of His compassion and kindness and hand outstretched towards you, and you will be drawn to Him. Lord, I just love you. You, you, won't, you won't be staring off at the wall during worship. You'll be lost in Him, in the arms of His love. It's an amazing thing. Everybody with me today? All the guys with me here today too? <laughs> this is not mush message that's really not the kind of love we're talking about if you like mush fine but this is God himself all right so love is not something that God just is or, or not something he just does it's it's, it's something who he is I, I want to look over it well let's see we want to go to Ephesians the the way that we can have a perfect understanding as much as we can wrap our brains around this the the perfect example of this is what we see and talk about all the time it is Jesus on the cross okay it is what the Lord did for us through redemption that is love defined but let me just give you this the Bible tells us in Ephesians 2 and verse 4 but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. So this great love is agape. This great love is the reason why God was merciful toward us. The reason God didn't say, you know what, you turkey, you deserve a, the back of my hand and you're going to get it. Well, we did. But because of his love for us he showed us mercy not because he had a warm and fuzzy one day and said I kind of like you uh you know you're kind of bad but I kind of like some things about you no 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 that's the way that's the way human beings think we think I like this about you so I'm gonna love you or I appreciate the way you are in this area or what you do in this area so I love you because the contrast is also true then I don't like the way you do certain things. And sometimes you are ugly and wrong and I don't like it, so I don't love you. 
If we base it upon what someone does or does not do, there's not a person on the planet who does everything right every time. Therefore, that love, that kind of love is excluded from the realm of, of our possibility. Okay? And so God loves us on a higher level. Look at Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5 verse 1 says, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children. In other words, act just like Him. Act just like God because you're His kids. Verse 2, how do we imitate Him? And walk in love. So this same amazing love that God has toward us, and it's the reason why He is kind and merciful toward us, He says, now you walk in this. Now you do this. Ah, but how can I do that? Notice his language. He says, uh, as Christ also has loved us. So the, the way that I'm supposed to do this, I'm supposed to love as Christ loved us. Now, many times our minds might go to the things that Jesus did. He healed the sick and raised the dead. And he, he forgave the woman caught in adultery. And he was just a super nice guy. I mean, he was forgiving and kind and loving. But that's really not what we should have in mind. Okay, we learn a lot from Jesus' physical life on earth, but the very best and complete and perfect illustration of who God is and who we are to walk in and what we are to walk in is in the rest of this verse. He says, as Christ also loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. In other words, the way that I can grasp this, and I think sometimes we overlook the magnitude of what, was really, what really took place. The way that I can grasp this incredible love is I see Jesus hanging on the cross for me. He said, no one takes my life. I lay it down. Amen. He wasn't put there. Man, they didn't do that to him. He volunteered. He let them do what they thought they had the power to do. He gave himself for a group of people who thumbed their nose at God. And I'm talking about us, not just those who were alive in the day. Who thumbed their nose at God, who stiffened their neck and said, you know, in our rebellious ways, we didn't earn that. We didn't deserve that. We didn't live a life that was worthy of that. And he gave his all for us anyway. See, this is what separates frequently the love of God versus the love of mankind is we might uh, do something kind for someone who does something kind to us, right? You scratch my back, I'll scratch your back, and we feel good about ourselves. You do a favor for me, I'll do a favor for you. And we see that reciprocal type of love all the time. And there's nothing wrong with that per se. It's just not impressive. It's just not high level. And we think, man, I'm a really good guy. Because you know what? If someone has need, you have a, something you need, you're, you're dealing with something, and I come help you out. Whether I just come loan you a, a vehicle or, or come help you with a project or really help you when you're down. I feel good about doing that as long as, you know, when I'm down, as long as when I have a need, you help me back, right? And, and that's pretty normal in, in life. People will, will act that way. But here's the thing. Heathens act that way. 
You don't have to have a changed life to act that way. You don't have to have the, a divine spark of God's love and presence in your life to be that way. And there's nothing wrong with it again. It's just not supernatural. It's just not the kind of love wherewith God loved us. See, when Jesus went to the cross on our behalf and suffered the horrendous things that he suffered, it was kind of a risky deal. Because he also gave us free will. And he could pay the complete price and suffer and die for us. And we could say, "Uh, no thanks. And many people have. They said, nah, you gave your all, but I'm I'm good to go on my own. And I say, wow. He gave his all with an expectation of nothing in return as far as no requirement i'm going to pay the price i'm going to give my life for you unholy (laughs) unworthy while we were yet sinners the scripture says christ died for us he in that condition in that state he gave us his all expecting nothing back not i'll do this for you but you know what you really owe me (laughs) he said you don't owe me a thing I'm just giving it to you. I'm giving you everything. Wow. You know, one day Jesus ministered to to ten lepers. Remember that? Ten lepers. And leprosy was a big problem in their day. It still is, I guess, in some parts of the world. Uh, But leprosy was a big problem. And these ten lepers, ten people with leprosy got healed. I mean, that's an amazing thing. And he sent them away. He said, you know because they were under the law. He said, follow the instructions given by Moses and so forth. Uh, And you remember the story. One of them came back and told him, you know, gave him thanks. Gave him thanks. And do you remember what happened after that? Jesus said, man, those nine other turkeys that didn't thank me, they're not not only getting their leprosy back, I'm giving them double. Right? Remember that story? Is that, what, is that what Jesus did? No, but I think a lot of people would do that. Man, these ingrates, they don't appreciate what I've done for them. And uh, man, they just need to suffer. They just need to get what they deserve. How many know if we're talking about getting what we deserve, we're all in deep trouble? Let's not talk about what we deserve. Let's talk about how he loved us and how he loves us. And that's independent of us. Amen. Have you ever seen people who will, who will act that way? I mean, I'm, uh, and I'm just talking people. People, unsaved or saved, who haven't had love redefined yet for them. Amen. It's in the, on the inside of them, but they continue to act the way they did before they were saved. And, uh, you know, you ever seen someone do this where they, uh, they want to give someone something? They say, I want to I give this to you. Go ahead. And then they hold on to it. And they look at them. And they won't let go. Because they're waiting for them to say, thank you. And if they don't say thank you, they're not giving it to them. You ever seen someone do that before? <laughs> That's not the love of God. <laughs> it's, it's, this, it's this attitude that... I'm going to do for you if I get a response 
that I expect. If you do something for me back, or at the very minimum, you express gratitude and appreciation, then I'll fully give it to you. That is not how God loved us. He did not love us that way. And people, man, I tell you what, do that all day long. They do that uh, in the way that they serve God, in the way that they serve uh, the family of God and the kingdom of God. They do it with, uh, with strings attached. It's contingent upon how people are going to appreciate me. And if they don't express their gratitude, bless God, I, I don't have to do this. If I don't have to do this, because, man, I mean, if they don't, they, don't even, they don't even say anything to me, well, fine, you carnal thing. Continue in your carnal ways. But you're not going to be fruitful. You're losing your reward because of the attitude. Hmm. The way that we are to walk in love is just like Jesus walked in love toward us. That means we give expecting nothing back. That means we serve, and if no one takes notice, if no one says you did a good job, if no one said I appreciate and I thank you, then it changes us zero. We do not, we do not change in our, in our commitment to continue. That's not how God's love works. It might be how human love works, and you may have grown up acting that way. And I'll be nice to you if you'll be nice to me, but if you're ugly towards me, Man, I'm going to shun you. If, you're, if you're, you don't do what I expect of you, I'm going to push you aside. That's the way that human love acts. I'm sure glad God doesn't do that to me. I'd have been pushed aside many, many times. Long time ago, I'd have been, I'd have been kept out of, out of his, his family and his plan and his blessing and his will. But no, he loves me independent of what I do. It's all based on the reality of who he is. And in that way, we're to love people. Oh, how we could fix a marriage if we would only act in this kind of love. Well, I've done my part, bless God, but she just won't do her part. Well, the love of God doesn't change because of that. And that's true that that happens. No doubt at all that one person will do something, the other person should, you know, be doing things, but they're not. But the love of God is not moved by that. Let's look at Matthew uh, 5. Matthew chapter 5. This is basically what I've been sharing the last few minutes. This principle. See, uh, the world will love their own. People in life will love those who give to them, who help them out, who reciprocate. You're kind to me, I'm kind to you. That happens all day long. I know there, are, there is some uh, backstabbing going on out there as well. But typically, people will express that kind of love. And there's nothing wrong with it. Again, it's just not this level. It's not the kind of love that God is. And we are born of, therefore, the kind of love that will cause us to be fruitful in life Matthew 5 verse 43 you have heard that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy but I say to you love your enemies bless those who curse you do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you 
and persecute you. That you may be the sons of your Father in heaven. You may imitate God. For he makes the sun to rise, his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. So God, the way he deals with people, the rain and the sun are both indications here of blessing, not like your picnic being rained out or something. Uh, It's a blessing, and he said that, that God gives them good things to both groups. He does good things to people who do bad. Now, sometimes we think, well, I don't want to be that way. I believe in personal responsibility. I believe in, you know, that people need to, well, listen, we're not taking anything away from personal responsibility. And there is sowing and reaping that is a reality of our, of the world and of really the kingdom of God. However, the love of God is something that will cause a person to give another something they don't deserve. In other words, they deserve wrath, (laughs) They acted like a rascal, they did the wrong thing, but you and I show up with a smile on our face and say, I just want to help you anyway. I just want to bless your life anyway. I don't know, I don't know if you've ever given a good tip to a bad server at a restaurant. Well, why would I do that? Why would Jesus die on the cross for you, turkey? Hmm? I'm not saying that has to be the natural way, but uh, 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 in order, I believe, you know, people should be rewarded for doing a good job in business and so forth. But has the love of Christ ever compelled you to do something good for someone who didn't deserve it? I mean, they did a lousy job. They did nothing to benefit you whatsoever. And your mind kicked in and said, well, I don't want to reward bad behavior because then they'll continue. (laughs) But then something on the inside said, but the Lord gave me his all even though I didn't deserve it. And you go out of your way and do something for someone who was rude, who was unkind. Man, how many know we're never going to get to that if we can't even get over the fact that sometimes someone in the family does us wrong. We're going to hold it against them. Bless God, I'm just going to, I'm upset with you. Where did I stop reading? All right, 46. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? What's the answer to that? So the natural way, the way that people, what people call love all day long, they say, oh yeah, I walk in love. Oh yeah, I'm a good lover. I love people. I do all, I, I love. The natural way that people define that, you're getting zero reward for it. Well, that's quite a statement. All this time I've been helping people, they've been helping me, I get no credit for that? Exactly. But you do get credit, you do get reward when you love someone who doesn't deserve it. He said, do not even the tax collectors do the same? What do you mean the tax collectors? Well, don't think of it just like the IRS. (laughs) Uh, Tax collectors in their day were collecting tax for for Rome, and they were considered to be like the scum, (laughs) Of the earth. I mean, they were the lowest of low. He said, even the worst sinner, even the biggest heathen around, the worst scum around. He said, they do that. They take care of each other. He said, and if you greet your brethren only, what do you, what do, you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so. Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. What do we mean? That means walk in love. And it's, this is this high level supernatural kind of love. Let me, let me finish up. 
Uh, love is not an impulse based on feelings. This God kind of love, it doesn't fluctuate with our emotions. It's not something that's up one day and down the other. How many know anyone who's been married for, for more, than a, uh, uh, you know, more than the honeymoon? Uh, has had feelings that were up and feelings that were down. Times when love was just like, oh, I just feel it, I feel it, I feel it, yeah. And they express it and show it. And times when, you know, they wondered <laughs> about a lot of things, questioned their decisions, <laughs> thought, I know I can't. I'm not, I'm not supposed to divorce, but what about murder, you know? <laughs> is, is that okay? <laughs> and uh, you know what I'm saying? Even, even uh, what's their names? Uh, Will and Kate, I'm, they'll, they'll be having some thoughts uh, in the coming days where, you know, he'll call her a commoner. <laughs> She'll call him a royal pain in the neck. <laughs> Because, well, that kind of love, well, that's fine in the right scenario. That's just not the God kind of love. The God kind of love must be ever-present. This, this is why the potential of a Christian marriage is outstanding. It's when the feelings aren't there, we override it. It's when other things aren't there at the moment because of the chaos of life and the, the cyclical patterns of emotions going up and down, the love of God kicks in. And now we start thinking about Jesus and what he did for us while we were undeserving. And now we start operating in that. That fixes everything. It's, this, is a, this is a major deal. So love is not limited for those for whom some affinity is discovered. All right? It's not that I have to like something about you or I have to have some special relationship with you to show love. No, this love even works for those whom I don't even know. I can love someone I don't even know. I can be kind and show generosity and forgiveness and, 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 and do things for people. I don't have any natural explanation for doing it. It's the love of God in me. Love is, this kind of love is not looking for, what it, looking for what it can get. I'm not trying to get something out of you. It's looking for what it can give. Okay. The Bible says in Romans 13 that love does no harm to his neighbor. This God, God kind of love is never doing anyone any, any harm. In business... In life, a neighbor, we're never looking to make it worse for somebody else so that we can, we can be better off. So that we can be better, they can be worse. Nope, love of God will not act that way. It's not going to do it to a spouse. It's not going to do it to a stranger. It's not going to make someone else's life worse so your life can be better. It will never do harm. This kind of love expects nothing back in return. This is a powerful statement. I'm going to make it anyway. This is a challenge to us now. This kind of love, the God kind of love, it cannot be hurt or let down by the response of its recipients. It has no strings attached. That means if I give it and the person ignores it or does wrong to me anyway, I'm not influenced by that. This kind of love is so high level. It is so powerful. That it gives and it gets slapped back in the face and is not bothered by that. Can you say like, wow? But God gets this all the time. And he continues to love us. And he knew going in to giving his son, that would be the response by many. And he gave anyway. It can't be hurt. can't be let down. See, it's not feeling based like I already said. Up one day, down the other. Love's not getting offended. 
Now, human love will offend it all day long. But God's love in us, you do me wrong, and I'm looking for a way to, to help you. You do me wrong, I'm reaching for my wallet. <laughs> now, we got flesh to deal with. We got unrenewed minds, and sometimes it'll yap at us right in the middle of stuff. Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. But let the love of Christ compel you, urge you to act in a supernatural way, a way that goes contrary to the, to the ways of this world. John 3.16, everybody know it? God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that who, whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. When we operate in this kind of love, this is agape again. You know what, what happens? We give. Lovers are givers. Human love, that natural kind of selfish human love, it's a taker. It's what can I get? What can you do for me? 1 John 3, 18, my little children, let us love, not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. In other words, it's an action word. It's not just about how I feel for you. Do you feel for me? It's not about feelings. Because some days I feel good towards a lot of people, and some days I don't like anybody. <laughs> Go away from me. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Up here. But we've got to have an override, something that kicks in and overrides that. I'm not going to act like a little baby. I'm not going to act like a selfish human being. I'm going to act like my father. I'm going to imitate him in his love toward me. And then let's close. I've been trying to close for a while. You guys are doing a good job. 1 Corinthians 13. Everybody know it? Verse 4 through 8. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy, love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, love never fails. And when the Bible says love never fails, that doesn't mean that you can't ever make a mistake if you have this love in your life, it just means it never ends. It never comes to a point where, all right, all right, you've crossed the line now. Uh, what did Popeye say? Take all, I've had all I can stands, and I can't stands no more. <laughs> no, love doesn't get to that point. I mean, that's what, if your mind is going, oh, I don't know about that, well, then you know you're operating in something that's not human. It's a divine love. It can't be pushed too far. Wow, you've gone too far now. No, not, not for the love of God. I've, I just can't take any more. I just, I just can't take any more. Well, the love of God can. The love of God in you can take more. Whew. This is almost deserving of a series. <laughs> another time, another place. But I tell you what, this is a key component in us doing something for the Lord. That's, it's fruit that remains forever. Amen. Father, we love you today. We thank you for your, your, your presence in our lives. Thank you for your great love wherewith you loved us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for doing such a mighty thing for us, for doing something in our lives. We value, we value. We're so thankful, Lord. Thankful for what you have given. Lord, we purpose in our hearts to respond 
Yield to this love that all the world might see who you are through us. That we might give no place to the devil in our relationships, in our church family. That we might rise above the pettiness of this world. Thank you for helping us today. In Jesus' name. I pray for those who are, not, who are in service today but are not saved. They're not on their way to heaven. Lord, draw them near to your heart, to your throne today, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen.